Hey, welcome to the Engage Network Podcast. We're so happy to have you join us today. Why don't we dive into another incredible, life-changing message? Well, let's continue diving in. I am going to pick up where Pastor Jeremy left off. I did not hear his sermon, so I don't even know uh, if I'm going to be continuing his, but I am continuing Pastor Brett's this morning at Weka. So if you have your Bible, flip with me to Colossians 1. Uh, Colossians is after Philippians, which is after Corinthians. Um, And if you don't know where it is, there's an index in the front of your Bible, or it's just on the screen behind me here. Uh, So I'm picking up in Colossians 1, verses 9 to 14, but I'm going to focus on verses 11 and 12. And uh, I love uh, love the idea of expository preaching, but sometimes when I get to, like, sit down and actually write it, I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's so much that I could talk about in, like, one verse, Um, which is amazing because uh, God wants to speak to us through that. When I was growing up, my parents told me, not when I was growing up, when I was, like, nine years old or eight years old, my parents told me I had, like, super selective hearing. Because they could be, like, standing right in front of me being like, Seb, do your chores. And I'd be like, I, haven't, I didn't hear them. You know, I, I had no idea what they said. I didn't do my chores. But then, like, they'd have company over, and I'd be in my room, like, on another level of the house, like, way back in the house. I'd be lying in my bed, and I could hear every single thing they said. And I knew when they were talking about me. So I have very selective hearing. Uh, but I think in the Bible, sometimes we have selective hearing. And we kind of, if you're anything like me, sometimes you just like throw the audiobook Bible on, you know, push play as you're driving, your mind wanders, you miss like 15 chapters, and you're like, oh, God really spoke to me today. But I think it's so good to dive in deep and uh, see what God has to say to us. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Colossians 1, verses 9 to 14. And let's read together. So we have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants to do in your lives. And we ask him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. Then then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And you will continually do good, kind things for others. All the while you will learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power. So that you will have the patience and endurance you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to God's holy people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the one who rules the kingdom of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are, for what you're doing. We thank you that you want to speak to us tonight. Um, God, no matter where we are in our journey with you, maybe we haven't even started our journey with you, you have something to speak to us, God. You know who we are intimately. And uh, we thank you that you can speak to us intimately tonight. God, I pray you use my words um, just to, to bring life change tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, now, I will say as well, uh, I, since, I, since we had our baby, I have been slightly weepy. Um, I went for coffee, <laughs> like literally. I went for coffee with this guy last week, and we were just having like a normal conversation. And I literally started crying five times in the same conversation, and I kept on being like, I'm so sorry, dude, like, I don't know what's happening, like, the estrogen levels are real in my life right now, um, so if I just uh, randomly start crying, uh, bear with me, um, so have you guys ever been uh, in a situation, I'm sure you have, because I've seen it happen here, uh, where someone is asked to pray, right, someone's asked to pray, and they start praying, and then halfway through the prayer, you open your eyes because you're like, are they still praying or are they preaching? Like, I don't know when the prayer ended and when, like, the preaching started. Like, 
This person clearly had something that they wanted to say. They got a mic. They wanted to talk to God, but they also wanted to kind of talk to us a little bit. And so when we get to Colossians 1, verses 9 to 14, that's sort of what Paul is doing. Paul has just done this greeting. He said, hey, uh, it's great to kind of get to know you, Colossians. I don't know you at all, but I've heard these great things about you. And we get to verse 9, and Paul starts kind of praying. So he's like talking, and all of a sudden he's like praying, and then he's like talking again. And like... Sometimes, I'm sure we've all had it, uh, this isn't just probably my marriage, but like, where you've gotten into a fight with your spouse, maybe, or with your friend, and then like, you're randomly praying about something later together, I don't know why you're randomly praying, but hopefully you are with your spouse, and, uh, and the prayer sort of turns a little bit like, God, help Haley understand how good of a husband I am, and how good she has it, and God, we just thank you. We've all done that, right? We've all done that one time or another. And Paul, as he's praying, he's actually also teaching the Colossians something that's really important. He's teaching them about tapping into the Holy Spirit. So Paul, Paul actually calls the Colossians out in his prayer. He wants them to understand the knowledge of God's will. How many of you guys have heard someone say, I don't know what the will of God is for my life? Have you heard that? Yeah, you've heard that? One time, wow. Was it your own inner voice? Um, we've all heard that one time or another. And, and, and so many of us like to complicate God's will. We like to make it this crazy big thing that's like, God, like I don't know if I should take this step or if I should take this step. Like if I don't take the right step, I'm going to fall into like, I don't know. People make it out to seem like they're going to fall into the pit of hell, honestly. Um, but God's will isn't so small that it's like this exact thing. And so what Paul's saying here is he's saying, hey, I want you to grow in the knowledge of the will of God. And so what is the will of God? What does God actually desire for our lives? If you've been wondering what the will of God is for your life, I'm about to tell you. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Okay. The will of God for your life is to follow what the Bible says is right and honoring regarding both faith and works, okay? Did that make any sense? Pastor Brett has no idea what I'm talking about here. Um, well, let's put it a little simpler. Love God and love people. Make disciples and be a disciple of Jesus. That is the will of God for your life. It's not complicated. It's extremely simple. And funny enough, this morning, Pastor Brett was preaching, and he said a statement it's simple, but it's hard. And I had written in my sermon, it's simple, but it's not easy. Which means it's simple, but it's hard. These things are the exact same, and I, I believe God is really uh, speaking to us about this. So the will of God, it's, it's, it's following what the Bible says is right and honoring to God in both faith and in works. Following Jesus one step at a time. Making disciples. So Paul says, hey, Understand what the will of God is for your life. Understand what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? Understand those things. But then he goes on to say that we need to, we need to learn to have the Holy Spirit empower us. You know, I think, I know for myself that sometimes I, I can read the Bible and I can read this list of things I should do and I shouldn't do and, and it's great and I can follow that list. I can follow those things. I can know what the will of God is for my life. 
But sometimes it doesn't lead to action. Sometimes I can just sit back and say, yes, I know what God's will is for me, but you know what? It seems a little too hard. It seems like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. See, everything in Scripture, everything about God is actually practical to everyday life. There's nothing in the Bible that God tells us that is not practical that you can put into your life right now. It's always practical. So we can grow up in the knowledge of what God wants. We can grow up understanding it. And, you know, maybe we can even start doing the will of God, start, start making disciples and, and following God. But I know in my life, and God has really been speaking to me through this, um, through this sermon. Sometimes, I, sometimes I'm like, don't make me preach again because God's going to have to do something in my life before I preach. Like, it's just not fun. Um, but God, I have noticed in my life that, that sometimes I can, I can think that I'm doing the will of God. I can do all of the work. I can do all of the things. I can start making disciples. I can build teams. I can, I can encourage someone, and I can build someone up, and, and I can, you know, lead worship, or I can preach on a Sunday, or I can, you know, do whatever I do at church. Or maybe I can even go talk to my neighbor about Jesus or, or go to my workplace and tell someone about Jesus, except for everyone's a pastor there, so it's not very effective. I can do all of those things. But what ends up happening is that sometimes I grow a little weary. Sometimes I grow a little bit tired. Sometimes I just feel like I am done. I need to have a long, extended vacation, like my honeymoon. Uh, Pastor Brett, you know, he, he just always brings up how long my honeymoon is. He says it's nine weeks. Uh, it probably felt like that because he needs me so bad in his life. Uh, it was only three weeks. Um, I think it was only two Sundays. I mean, it was four. <laughs> but it's so easy to do all these things and to, and to forget about who we're doing it for and to forget actually what gives us the power to do it. Colossians 1, 11 to 12, if we read that again says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power so that you have all the patience and endurance you need. May you be filled with joy, strengthened by the power of the Spirit so that you have patience and endurance for all that you need. There's two distinct words here that describe, that Paul describes the Christian walk. And he's, he's talking about what he said earlier, the will of God, following the will of God, following what God wants me to do in my life, following the things that he wants me to do, the works he wants me to do, the faith that he wants me to do, all of these things. The two distinct words that he described here in the Christian walk are patience and endurance. So what's the difference between patience and endurance? Well, patience is what is required when facing pushback from people. So patience is like the disciple-making aspect, the, the going-to-your-neighbor aspect, the butting your head against the wall aspect of life. When, when someone's coming against you, when, when things just seem like they're taking forever, when you're talking to your family member about Jesus or even about whatever it may be, and you just get pushed back over and over. That's the patience that Paul is talking about. And endurance. Endurance is something that, uh, that is continuing with God when circumstances aren't ideal. So, so patience is people and endurance is circumstances. So, you know, maybe you don't have any money in your bank account. Maybe you broke your leg or maybe you got pneumonia like everyone's getting. 
not coronavirus. I mean, that is pneumonia, I think, but uh, we're not going to bring that up. Maybe those are your circumstances. And Paul is saying, in those circumstances, I want the Holy Spirit to fill you with patience and endurance. When you're walking in the will of God, I want you to be filled with patience and endurance so that you can continue the race. See, when God comes and he works through us, he will strengthen us with the power of the Holy Spirit. I find in my life, and you guys are all probably holier than me, but in my life I know that sometimes I sort of throw like God Hail Marys. Like a hail, if you don't know what a Hail Mary is, it's like at the end of the game, your team's way down in football and you need to get a touchdown. And so the last play of the game, the quarterback just like winds up and throws the ball so far and, and hopefully someone catches it in the end zone and you win the game, right? I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big football guy, but I think that's, that's correct. Is, there, is that correct? Two points, there you go. Um, that's what a Hail Mary is. And I find in my life, sometimes I throw like Holy Spirit Hail Marys. It's like I'm doing the will of God. I'm doing all of these things. I'm, I'm following his will, what he wants for me. But I get so tired and I get so empty. And then I get to a point where I'm like, God, I need you. God, I actually can't take another step unless you come here and fill me up. God, I literally can't anymore. And I throw that Hail Mary. And, I mean, God is good, and almost every single time he catches that Hail Mary, you know. He carries you through. But I don't want to be someone who's throwing Hail Marys when things get tough. See, I want to be a person that has patience, perseverance, endurance. I want to be someone that the Holy Spirit is empowering every single day. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 says, I don't have this one, 3, 14 to 21. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I, wow. <laughs> These projector problems, I mean, Satan, shaka. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Just pause on that slide. Glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. Now we flip that so often where we think it's our power within us to accomplish God's thing. But he's saying no. It's my power that's working through you to accomplish my thing, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, I, I think that so often we wait until God actually stretches us to a point. He actually uses us so much that we realize we're desperate for him. And I don't want to be in a place where I'm running on empty. I want to be in a place where I'm running on full, that he can give me whatever he wants to give me, that he can literally put me in a position that's way outside of my realm of comfort 
And his power will be able to work through me and to flow through me and to be able to accomplish his work. So what does Paul say? What does Paul say about, you know, about being strengthened by the power? What, what does it mean when we're strengthened by the power? Well, he says that we should be filled with joy. Now, if you're here and you're like, I sort of don't know what this guy's talking about, but like, I might be this. I think the litmus test in our lives is are we living in, in joy? When you come, if you, if you serve at church or, or if you go to your workplace and, you know, you, you're, we're always working on behalf of Jesus, when we're doing those things, do we approach it with joy or are we, like, dreading it? Because if we're dreading it, I can guarantee you you're not being empowered by the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is working through you, he will fill you up to a point where there is joy in your life. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't get tired. That doesn't mean we don't need to sleep at night. That doesn't mean that all of the teams that just served two times today don't get to go home and sleep uh, 12 hours tonight. But what that does mean is that the Holy Spirit should be empowering us to a point where we can actually walk out in the joy of God's grace. Do we feel like we're striving for something, or are we rooted in Christ knowing that we're not swayed by what happens on our day-to-day, that we're not swayed when we, need pers- when we need patience and endurance, that we're not swayed through these things, that we're rooted in Christ knowing whose we are. It's an amazing thing when we're walking in God's will, like Paul says, when we're, when we're doing what God wants us to do, which can be hard work and it can be stretching, but while we're doing it, that we're actually finding rest. I think that's like the greatest thing, that when you're, when you're working and you're doing these things for God and you're stepping out in faith and you're being stretched and you're being like crushed almost and, and all these things are happening, you're still in rest because God is the one who's filling you up. His power is, the, is what's flowing through you. So, like I said, God really likes to like show me these things right before I preach. And so I had like one of the most insane weeks of my life and I was just like literally at my wit's end. And I'm like, God, I don't think I can do this. I don't think that I can continue. I don't think that tomorrow, like, I just want to be sick tomorrow and stay in bed. And I realized that I didn't have joy. I wasn't excited to do what God had called me to do. I wasn't looking forward to the blessing that it is to serve. And I wasn't filled with his spirit. And so what do we do? What does Paul say that we need to do when we get to this point where it feels like we're empty, where it feels like we don't have joy, where where the Holy Spirit, we're working on our own strength, not the Holy Spirit's strength? Well, Colossians 1.12 explains how we recalibrate. And it says, we're always thanking the Father. We're always thanking the Father. See, thankfulness actually breaks our tendency to complain and to believe that we're doing it for ourselves. When we turn to God and we thank him for what he's doing, we thank him for how he's using us, we thank him for the opportunities he's giving us, we thank him for even like bringing us into into positions in our lives that might not be comfortable, we realize that he's in control and we're not. We realize it's his power at work and not ours. We realize that it's not me that's doing everything, that it's God that's working through me. See, it takes our eyes off of ourselves and it places it back on the one who makes us able to do more than we could think or imagine.
we always thank the Father. Now, Haley and I were having a discussion this week about optimism and pessimism and not a good relationship, not, not a great thing to have in a, in a marriage, uh, conversations about pessimism, let me tell you. Um, and so I was telling Haley, I was like, you're so pessimistic about all this stuff. And then she was like, she was just like taking it like a champ. And she like listened to me like spout this off for like 15 minutes. And then she's like, you realize that you're being completely pessimistic about everything more than me. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she's like, yeah, you are. And like I sat there for a second and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, you're actually like so right. <laughs> I'm the worst. But I think that when we give thanks to the Father, when we, when we thank him for what he's doing, when we thank him for how he's working, when we choose to look around our lives and to see what he's doing, or maybe even you can't see what he's doing, but the rest of this verse is a great thing to be thankful for because he says he's enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. See, whether your circumstances or whether people in your life are causing you problems, whether you have to have patience or endurance, no matter what you have happening in your life, no matter what your circumstances are, he has enabled us to share in his inheritance that belongs to his people. Now that is something that should make us always joyful. That should be something that we're always keeping on our mind because God has allowed us into his family. He has brought us into his family. He's qualified us to share in his inheritance. So practically, what does this mean on a day-to-day basis? Well, I know for myself that I need the Holy Spirit to empower me for patience and for endurance because I can't do it on my own. And I know that when I run out of joy, I need to give thanks to God. I need to spend time with God. I can't give thanks to God unless I'm spending time with God. Pastor Brett said this morning that uh, he loves watching first dates because first dates are the most awkward thing in the whole world. And like me and Haley also love watching first dates. I remember this one we saw at the Mutar Conservatory and we were like, they are not making it. Um, and, and first dates are hilarious because they're so awkward and they're so uncomfortable. But when someone makes it, like when, when a couple makes it and you fast forward 50 years, the conversation looks completely different. And for us and our relationship with God, Sometimes the conversation might be a little bit awkward at the start. Sometimes spending time with God in the morning, spending time with God in the afternoon, spending time with him whenever we have some spare time or, or maybe when we don't have some spare time, maybe, when we're, maybe we need to spend some time, uh, take some time out of our lives to spend with him. But our relationship will grow and we'll understand how to give him thanks and how to encounter him. We'll understand how to invite the Holy Spirit to partner with us. It's not going to be supernatural the first time. But as we start growing and as we start walking, the Holy Spirit is with us. He's partnering with us to do more than we could have ever thought or imagined. So maybe you're here tonight and you feel tired and weary from doing God's will on your own strength. I mean, if you're here on a Sunday night, likely that might be you because... Sunday night is a great time for sleeping. But maybe you're here and you feel tired and weary. You feel like you've been working so hard. You feel like you've been doing all this stuff. Maybe you've been reaching out 
to family members and it just feels like you're not making, have, getting any traction. Or maybe you're serving, you're serving someone or maybe, maybe you're volunteering at church or, or somewhere else. And you just feel like, God, I don't think I have enough. Or maybe you're here and you're like, what this guy's saying sounds like a lot of work. I don't want to even like start down that path because it's going to be too much. But we need to go back to the very start of what Paul said. He said, grow in your understanding of God's will for your life. If we are walking in God's will, we are stepping out, we are serving, we're making disciples and we're following Jesus. We're a disciple of Jesus. So it's not an option whether we do these things or not because they're hard or they're not hard. It's not an option, but what is an option or it shouldn't be an option, but what we make an option sometimes is being empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight, I just want to encourage you. Ask the Holy Spirit to partner with you. If you don't feel it, if you're, not, if, if you're having a tough time having any joy in your life, give thanks to God. Thanks breaks criticism. It breaks complaining. It breaks negativity. Thanks is how we move into what God wants for our lives. A few weeks ago, Haley and I uh, went to the mountains, and we borrowed my parents' car. And on the way back, uh, my parents have like a newer car, so I was like checking the, the thing that tells you how much gas you have left. And our GPS system told us we had, uh, I think it was like 150 kilometers to go, and the gas tank thing said we had 150, th- uh, 150 kilometers worth of gas. So I'm thinking, you know what, I don't wanna stop in Edson, that town's sketchy. I'm going to continue on, uh, and I'm going to, I'm just going to gas up at home. I'll make it. Like, these things have, like, extra gas tank things, right? Like, they're not going to show you on the screen the actual amount until you end. They're telling you, like, approximately, and then you'll get another 50 kilometers, right? But what happened is we got all the way literally to within one kilometer of our house. And we live in a great neighborhood, but the neighborhood across the street isn't so great. And um, we literally turned onto 66th Street, and immediately as we turned off the Yellowhead, like we had been driving for four hours, no problems. We turn off the Yellowhead when we're 30 seconds away from our house, and we were out of gas, completely out of gas. Haley was not pleased with me. Um, and it's actually a hilarious long story, but I think that in our lives, that's what we sometimes do. We, we, we just push it as hard as we can. We say, you know what, God, I'm doing what you want. I, you know what, my, my tank says I have this much and I think I can make it. I think I can make it before filling up again. You know, I think I can make it through the day without filling up again. I think I can make it 20 kilometers. I think I can make it 50. I have a reserve tank, like I'm fine. But God doesn't want us to live on the reserve tank. He wants us to be filled with his power every single day. He wants us just to be topping up. He wants us to be overflowing. He wants us to be filled with his spirit every single day. I don't want to have an an, an experience in my life where God asks me to do something and I don't have enough juice to get there. Why don't we stand tonight?
I just want to read Colossians 1, uh, 9 to 12 in the message translation because I think it puts it nicely. He says, be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you will live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is a strength that endures, the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. God has bright and beautiful for our lives. But we need to make sure that we're being filled with the Holy Spirit, that we're going to the source every single day, that we're we're not running on empty, that we're running on overflowing. Because if I'm empty, I don't have anything else to give anyone. I'm just giving them my hot fumes and no one wants that. So I just want to sing this song. And as we sing this song, you don't have to go home and, and, and sit on the edge of your bed and ask God, the Holy Spirit, to, to come and fill you up. You don't have to wait until Monday. You don't have to wait until Tuesday. In fact, that's what we always do. We're waiting too long. Right now, God is here right now. And he wants to fill you to full, to overflowing right now. And so I just want to sing this song. And I just, God, I just pray that you would just fill us to overflowing. God, that those of us who don't feel any joy, those of us who don't, we just feel like it's work and we're just trudging along, we're striving, we're growing weary. God, I pray that we would just be filled with your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are working, that you are doing good things. God, we thank you that you choose to work with us, that you don't just do everything by yourself and, and say, hey, just watch. God, we thank you that, that you partner with us. Lord, right now, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would come in this place you'd fill us to overflowing. We love you, Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Engage Church or continue your relationship with Jesus, head to engagechurch.ca. We'll see you next week.